Rutherford Issues with Brian Barrett on News Radio WGNS FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450, online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. On today's Rutherford Issues, State Representative Mike Sparks is with us, and uh, we've got a lot to talk about. You might think, oh, I, I thought the General Assembly met, you know, January and kind of took it to March, April, May, somewhere in there. But uh, special session just wrapped up, I guess, right, Mike? Yeah, it sure did. We, I think we got out about 3 o'clock yesterday, 4 o'clock. So we were just talking right before we went on the air. It's like three special sessions, because you've got one next week, three special sessions in the last 18 months, two years time frame. <laughs> That's what you say. I think it is that much. And yeah. looking back, yeah, uh, due to education and the Ford deal, and next week it'll be about COVID and um, mandates and some other things. You, you know, know, typically, and and the reason I mention that is typically you don't have that many special sessions, and, no. and when it is, it's you know about you know a, a big subject matter but typically things are handled during the session but as the last 18 months or two years has proven it's um the the state's business kind of changes and ebbs and flows well you know with covid it, everything has just been unhinged i mean the past year and a half and it's hard to expect what's what what the day holds let alone the, the future so there's been you know a lot of outcry um from the from the general public about about things, masks mainly, and vaccines, and um, encroachment from the federal government, um, and then the the Ford deal. You know that that came at us, and we we uh, cut that behind us yesterday. Um, well, we'll dive into to those topics of what has taken place and what we're looking ahead to next week. But um, you wanted to say something special about someone from uh, that you met through Journeys in Community Living. Yeah. A lot of folks, this this gentleman passed away yes, uh, yesterday, Donnie Charles. A lot of folks may remember Donnie Charles. Donnie was 64. Don, Donnie was special needs, and um, he was involved in com- Journeys in Community Living. And um, But here's what's interesting about Donnie, and um, this is what's so, so touching. He, um, uh, you know, we see a lot of issues with workforce development. Folks don't want to work. Folks would rather stay, stay home, draw a paycheck, and, um, or unemployment. Uh, but Donnie, when I first started my car business, he, he come by. He lived in the apartments near me. And he come by in a three-piece suit and was knocking on the front door. And I mean, I literally had just opened up, only been there a week or two. And um, then I could tell something was, you know, I could tell he was special needs. I said, hey, come on, come on back here in the office. And we, we chat. And he... And he wanted a job, and I said, um, "Man, I really don't need anybody." And it was so moving. He he literally about starts to cry, and he says, "You know, I'll do anything for a job, man. I'll do anything for a job." You know, and I thought to myself, well, "We all have these moments where you think, man, is this is this one of the moments that the Lord wants me to try to help this guy?'" And I took it as one of those moments. So I let him wash some cars and kind of helped me a little bit. But here's what's interesting about Donnie. Even though he was special needs, had his challenges, this guy had a work ethic, a work ethic. And, you know, hats off to Journeys in Community Living and, and those folks that give people an opportunity, give them a chance for for uh, an occupation and others that have done this. Jenny Williams, Gills Ace Hardware, there's other countless uh, employers out there that's helped, that's helped people. But here's what's cool about Donnie. I watched that guy bowl, strike, after strike, 
after strike at Smyrna Bowling Center. He's bowled a perfect game. And I know I probably shouldn't say this on air, but I will. I asked as we were helping him with some housing issues a couple of years ago. He probably couldn't. If he could ride a bicycle, I'd be surprised, you know. But everybody has their time and their, their, their gifts and talents. I think even the scriptures say this. But his brother told me yesterday, he bowled 17 strikes. He watched him. He said, man, I watched him. And this this is, you know, standard lanes over at Smyrna Bone Center. And um, both 17 strikes in a row. So, you know, I guess the point is God can use folks like Donnie Charles. I mean, um, and thank you to Journey's Community Living and so many other people that, that uh, and Bill Ketron. Bill Ketron hired him after I did because it got into freezing temperatures. I couldn't, you know, be working him outside. And Mayor Ketron gave him a job. That's before the mayor was mayor, before I was elected. You know, Bill owned the market over on Weekend Lane. So hats off to, to Bill Ketron if he's listening for giving Donnie Charles an opportunity. Well, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wish more people had that same work ethic. <laughs> oh, especially today. Yeah. yeah. That's what's extraordinary. Here, Here's something to – to kind of take us in a different direction, but similarly talking about work ethic, I was talking to a, a local business owner yesterday, and um, just to kind of show you the situation that we're in, they had posted a job opening, and they had 99 apply for this job, Yeah, 99 people. Two people actually followed up with a phone call. Okay. One didn't show up. And the other failed a drug screen. Yes. Yeah. So two out of the ninety nine. And I said, Well, how why did you have ninety nine apply? Well, as long as you show proof that That's, you've applied yes. for a job, you keep your unemployment. Yes. So we're we're seeing that happen a lot. Well, I, I had an opportunity to, to, to meet with Randy Boyd. Randy's one that run for governor, Randy's UT uh, president. We got to meet over at Lane Agri Center. And um, Randy's just a a nice guy, very wise businessman. And he's not your typical academic, which was what I like. I don't like the cookie cutter, same old, same thing, and it's it's all ac- academia. Randy is real world, hands on. Started in his dad's business when he was when he was a kid, but um, I was telling him the shortage at the nursing homes. And um, Representative Rowe was was there, and Senator Shane Reeves. You know, I've got a sister in a nursing home. I mean, you you've had experiences. My mom's in a nursing home. Just got her dressed and ready for bed last night. And I said, man, the turnover rate. And then the military is having a tough time. I said, this is a national security threat. And me saying that to here's Randy, wealthy guy, you know, I'm, I'm thinking I'm not qualified to t- tell this guy this. But you think about it. This is a national security threat because one, one day you and I are going to be older. We're going to be in a nursing home. We're going to fall on ill ill health. And listeners now that are getting that age and, and the turnover, I see it at diverse care. I see it at, at traditions. Traditions a little bit more. Um, stable, if you will, but um, but we have young men, and and I, they were saying the same thing. They may have, um, you know, for every four applicants, only w- only one could qualify to get in the military, and um, it, it's some it's some. I hate to sound Debbie Downer, but it's some concerning times. Put put it that way. So, but if if we're just giving an opportunity to say, well, okay, I've applied for so many jobs and just sitting at home, signing up and, and, and using that as proof. Yeah. 
isn't that part of the problem? I it, mean, it is. It, I, mean, I would argue it is part of the should problem. Should there not be interviews know? or at least, you know, have people come in to interview and have, yes. have somebody have to sign off for being proof other than just showing that you applied online, yeah. especially today? We know exactly. there are jobs out there, so why yeah. is the unemployment where it is? I, it, it, it's hard to pin down a lot of the things that's happened in this country. It's really hard. Um, you know, this Ford deal, that's uh, even though, you know, it, it doesn't really affect us in Middle Tennessee, I think there will be some uh, trickle uh, positive economic uh, impact to, to, to Middle Tennessee from that. But I remember I, I talked to Mike Woods yesterday, the former town manager of Smyrna. And when Nissan came in, I was just a kid. You know, I was 13, 14, working at the Omni Hut. And, and if folks remember uh, when Nissan first announced, a lot of folks, there was a few old timers that didn't want them to come in. There was some guys that fought in the uh, Pacific conflict and uh, in Europe. My dad was one of them. Major Walls, you know, uh, flew in the Pacific during World War II. He was at Pearl Harbor when it was bombed. So, you know, you had some animosity towards uh, the Japanese coming in. Um, but then, you know, I think the Japanese and I think Marvin Runyon and some others, Marvin was the CEO of the, uh, the plant, and um, they started visiting Omni Hood. I think they'd have dinners there, meetings there. And I, and, but the Nissan gave a lot of young men and young women an opportunity, including myself, because I can remember being 18, driving all the way to the airport just to wash cars. And it was a little, I, I drove a little limo and washed cars for a thrifty rental car. And I remember praying like, Lord, help me get out of this thing, you know? And, and, um, and just, do you think driving 45 miles to go wash cars for $3.65 an hour? But that, that instills, I guess, character where you're like, heck no, I want something better than this, man, out there in cold temperatures, washing cars. and But Nissan gave a lot of young men and women an opportunity, and um, you know, a lot of my family has worked there. I worked there. and um, uh, But that's why I was excited about this Ford, Ford um, yeah. deal with, uh, with, with that uh, West Tennessee uh, Me- Memphis megasite plant uh, area. Do you, and we'll, we'll get to that. I want to ask this one, one more question on this. What's what's changed? I mean, you you drove forty five miles and and for three dollars and sixty five cents. Is it culture or is it our government enabling people to be able to sit at home and make as much or more and not uh, have to have a job? I think it's a combination of yeah. a myriad of things. I, I got to sit in with um, finance or it was com- I don't think it was finance. We were approving TBI's budget, and I was asking TBI director about the the crime and some of the areas that, you know things that we're seeing. And, and our culture, and, and, and he said, you know, there's not one area you can pin down. It's a myriad of issues. I think social media plays a role. I, I think we've, as a generation, you know, we all want to give our kids m- more than we had, and it's just natural. My my wife is guilty of that. I, I hope she's not listening, but she's guilty. Uh, I'm guilty somewhat, but I remember my father, I, he was World War II, grew up in the Great Depression, he helped me st- get to start my first car. It was a 69 Camaro. You know, he bartered, he bartered, uh, I think, a motorcycle for it. I think he had $500 out of pocket with it. And uh, I had to work on it to save up for that paint job, had to save up for the wheels, had to save up for the radio and um, to do all that. But looking back, you know, you don't realize until you get older. At the time, you're 16, you're 17, you're 18, 19, 20. You're like, man, my dad's so hard or my mom's so hard. Then you get older and you're like, thank God I had a dad that was that way. Because you got to have skin in the game and you, you know, walk into work. I mean, remember walking to Taco Bell in my Taco Bell uniform. That's embarrassing, you know. Um, but that's when my 
engine blew up in my 68 Camaro, had to pay for the motor. But, you know, looking back, man, those are times that you can reflect on and say, thank God I had two healthy feet, two good feet that I could walk to work. I mean, there's how many people can't even walk to work, can't even get up these steps right here. So well, thank God Donnie's for a good example of, of you know, somebody who really, really yes. wanted to work but had some limitations but still found a way. Yeah, and that's what's so cool. And, and uh, you know, with, with Ketron hiring him, I just happened because it got freezing temperatures. I said, hey, you know uh, – Bill, you think you could use him at your market? Because his market was right around the corner at Weekend Lane. And um, and Donnie lived at um, the village-like apartments right there, and he could walk to work. But, you know, I think we can learn a lot from somebody like Donnie Charles. And Journey's Community Living, there's, um, I believe it's Danny over there that's deaf and blind. Deaf and blind working two jobs. Papa John's give him an opportunity to, to, to fold pizza boxes. I don't know if you've seen I took a video yeah. of it. And, and, man, I mean, it's he fold like the 1,200 pizza boxes in three hours, but Papa John's took time to give him a job, give him an opportunity when a lot of folks would just um, not take the time out with him. So, you know, I mean, it's some it's some challenging times, and I think we all need to be concerned. It's not a Republican-Democrat issue. It's, but, I, I mean, how do you turn it around? That That's the question. I mean, character development, because you're not going to get rid of Facebook. You're not going to get rid of those those areas. I, I think character development in the – First grade, second grade, third grade, and mentorships. Get men and women, whether it's law enforcement, firefighters, or just local business people or, you know, homemakers that could even go talk to these kids. I did have somebody say, well, we are enabling an enabler society. I think that's kind of Mm -hmm. the way it went. Yes. You know, a society that wants to be enabled to do things, and, yeah. and we're doing that now yeah. and blaming COVID for it. That that was just their comment to me when, when we were discussing this, you know, 99 applicants for one yeah. job, and well, you can't find one out of out of 100. Yeah. You can't well, find one out of 100 that is qualified for that job. Well, you know, something alarming was just recently in front of Nissan, Nissan Drive, um, those folks out there holding banners saying, we're hiring, we're hiring. I mean, when I was a kid, I remember driving by there. I put my hand out, full Pentecostal, praying, Lord, help me get on at Nissan. That was your ticket right then to get on at Nissan. Um, then, ironically, when I got on, I'm praying to quit the place. Uh, you know, I did work out a good notice. and But they gave me such an opportunity, you know, to, to help pay for my college and other things to – invest and save some money but marty luffman had a, a good picture on facebook and it was a it was a back i guess out of the 20s or 30s it was an african-american lady that was just hoeing a garden and it was talking about you know how our grandparents saved they saved bacon grease they saved aluminum foil and when my father passed it took me two years just to get his house because he was like a hoarder he kept everything you know and they all had like value so i didn't want to just throw in a dumpster and just get rid of it you know but I think we got to get back to the basics of our of our grandparents, you know what I mean, and forefathers. So this uh, Ford Mega site in uh, it's in West Tennessee. It's called yeah. the Memphis Regional Mega Site, but it, it's really not in Shelby County, is no, it? No, it's it, that's what's kind of ironic. Um, you know, we've heard a lot of complaints about how much they invest in this in this mega site, and they've never landed. I guess you could say anchor tenant. They've never landed a big anchor tenant, and um, I, I was. I really had some little heartburn about voting for this. It's a it's a huge um, tax and tax package, eight hundred and I think eighty seven million dollars. Um, 
so I call. I made some phone calls and just reluctant. I mean, I'm trying to be supportive of the governor, try to be supportive of the speaker and lieutenant governor and ECD. So I made some phone calls and, um, you know, Brian Hercules, former chamber member, have a lot of respect for Mike uh, Waller, Colonel Mike Waller. Uh, he's from that area, Bolivar and Stanton, those areas. They're impoverished areas. I mean, like we up here, we're growing so fast. I mean, we're going to get a new house seat ne- next year because we're growing. So that's another 65,000 people. In the past 10 years, we've grown that much. Those areas are shrinking. It's hard to believe that Tennessee, like Stanton, I looked the other day, their population is, I think, decreased from like 680 people to like maybe uh, 510. That's how many people is in the town, 510 people. You know, when, when Nissan come into our community, we were about 8,600 people. Small town, but and rural, but not as rural as those people. So, and now Smyrna is the thirteenth largest city is, in the state. Is that not something? You know, that's hard to even fathom. Laverne is the eighteenth largest. I remember, I remember as a kid, if we heard Smyrna in the news or Laverne, and you didn't hear about Laverne in the news. Yeah. If you heard Smyrna, that we talk about it at school the next day. Hey, they mentioned Smyrna on Channel Five last night. You know what I mean? It's like maybe it's something to do with a tornado coming through or something, but it's just. You know, I think it's a blessing for that area. I, I ultimately voted for it. I mean, ultimately, it'll be upwards of potentially 30,000 jobs and all the ancillary Im- impact that's going to go over there. That's not direct jobs, but some indirect Direct is about 5,700, 5,800 from Ford. Yeah. that will be full-time, not permatemps, not permatemps, because you see this sometimes with companies, unfortunately. But these are full-time jobs. Um, and, you know, is a Ford truck, electric truck, really going to sell? You know, um Folks I've talked to think think that's where things are heading. And I was at the ECD conference a few months ago, and um, the FedEx chairman was saying by 2040, 100% of their entire fleet will be EV electric vehicles. By 2026, I believe, uh, 50% of their new purchases will be EV. So that's where things are, are heading. So the it, it passed the house on on wednesday during the special session right yeah. mm-hmm. and then I, I guess the senate took it up yesterday or, yes as well and mm-hmm. so it's the same version of the bill so now i, I guess the governor signs and yes and, and that's a deal yeah um i mean it's a huge economic impact like so we've the taxpayers have already invested in this you know sometimes you hear corporate welfare handouts that sort of thing Th- this is an investment infrastructure it, it will return um, uh, return some money back to the taxpayers and the jobs and that whole community, that whole area out there will be positively impacted probably for a for a 60-mile radius of that rural, impoverished area. So give a lot of folks an opportunity. State Representative Mike Sparks with us. Uh, before our time gets away, Mike, uh, we're just going to kind of take it on here uh, through the to the top of the hour or, or to our next break here and just continue the conversation. Uh, next week, What's that special session dealing with? That's dealing with with COVID, um, and uh, we'll get more information on that later today. They're they're working on the agenda. Uh, They just texted me on that. I was going to have the Speaker of the House call in, Cameron Sexton, but he he had had already had a, a, a meeting scheduled for today. I don't remember in my lifetime. I'm uh, maybe it's happened, um, and, and I just don't realize it. But having back-to-back special sessions is I've pretty. Never, it's very out of the ordinary. It's unprecedented. Yeah, I've never seen it uh, ever. But if folks have concerns, are welcome to call the office seven four one sixty eight twenty nine. My assistant's fixed to meet me. We're going to present a proclamation. Brother Hardwick, if folks ever went to Christ Church, uh, Pastor friend Brenda Bryan out of Laverne is going to 
having a little dinner at 12 o'clock to honor uh, pa- uh, Pastor uh, Hardrick uh, with uh, Christ Church. So when we talk about COVID-19, is this to 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 do what I, I mean there are mandates and there are federal things that have been there i mean are, are we going to see a, a rollback in some restrictions is that I, what? that's that's what i'm expecting you know I, I won't know until we get to get the agenda and hear what what uh, bills that, that, that they want to bring up um but i think it's a, it's the mandates and and who called uh, this special session the speaker of the house he, he's been after this for months you remember we talked right. about it back like what may yeah because we i was saying this is interesting because if if this if this uh, Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally doesn't want this over the Senate, what do we do? You know, and so uh, I was checking it. Both of you know both houses have to both chambers have to call it. So the one last week, the governor called. Yeah, and then we have to. Yes, yes, yes he called. He called last. Or, yes, or this he called week's last, special session. Yes, this one. And then next week it was the House Speaker. Yeah, and they the, they, they agreed. And, and the I think there's I think there's a few senators that held out, and every Republican on our side said yes we, we need to go back in and take care of some of these things because there is one thing that i would think that the governor might not want to call a special session on I, I, there's there's probably going to be a lot of discussion on the use of emergency powers by the governor in, in some of what we've seen during covid uh with yeah. restrictions and business restrictions and things like that that's probably going to be a big topic well it, it will and like i say uh wish I had more information on they're, they're working on the itinerary for for next week but folks are welcome to call the office again seven four one six eight two nine this this has been i guess like you were just saying that the the speaker has been looking at this i mean i i think back in even in august if i'm not mistaken or maybe late late summer when whenever this delta surge came upon yeah. us and we started seeing some uh restrictions added back that's that's when i kind of heard rumblings about this yes he, he's pretty adamant about this and folks know uh, speaker sex and he's very um he's more quiet reserved but extremely analytical very calculating with his decisions and um uh he's passionate about about some of this i mean you know COVID's real no doubt i mean donnie charles we just talked about passed with COVID. i was at a funeral last week COVID funeral before that COVID. Um, so COVID's real. There, there, there's, there's no doubt. But what we're seeing is when you're seeing law enforcement resign due to mandated vaccines, you're seeing nurses resign. Uh, you're seeing EMS and other, other needed, much needed uh, folks uh, that we can't do without. This is alarming. It goes back to what we just said earlier. Yeah. I mean, if we're losing nurses, losing um, other healthcare workers and uh, police and fire. This is very alarming, you know. So this is something I think we we do need to take care of. I'm sure masks are going to be a part of. The, oh yeah, I mean, definitely. Anything COVID related is probably on the table, isn't it? Yes, definitely. Well, Mike, I appreciate you coming in Thank with you, the Brian. update. State Representative Mike Sparks joining us. Now, if you missed any part of the program, be sure to check wgnsradio.com under podcast, and then head to Rutherford Issues, or maybe you listen to audio on Spotify, iTunes, Google. We've got it all for you. Uh, Just search for WGNS in those places. Have a great day, everybody. See you tomorrow.